It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gamer Heroes. This is episode 33 and I am Derek. I've got my co-host John on the line. I am back and I'm glad you guys are too. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm doing well. We, we've we done some exciting things in the past few days and uh, I'm ready to talk about them. <laughs> well, yeah, we got some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking SteamWorld Dig 2 from Image and Form. Uh, Sony had a press conference. There's some Xbox One news. We're going to talk a little Player Unknown's Battleground. And uh, classic DOS-based CD gaming might be coming back as well. So that's that's what you got today. That's exciting. That's That's really exciting because there's a lot of games for the old PCs that I was like, man... If I could only go back. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still have a lot of those games. Um, and I guess if you want, we could just kind of start with that. So sure. they, uh, there's an Indiegogo uh, out there now. Um, all the early bird stuff is gone, so I'm, I'm sorry you won't get in at the entry level here. But uh, I guess it's pronounced Seedi, S-E-E-D-I, the retro gaming system. And basically it is a game console that, uh, according to the Indiegogo, will play games from the PS1, the Neo Geo CD, TurboGrafx CD, Sega CD, as well as DOS PC games. See, I mean, that's all great. I just don't know how that works. Remember we were kind of discussing this, like, so, I mean... Is I mean, it like all, saving the – it's reading it, saving it, and then emulating it? What's it doing? Um, I mean it, so it has an open source emulator um, that will run most of this stuff. Um, but you know, it, it basically uh, looks like it's going to play off of the, the CD. I mean it's pretty sh- like simple. Um, there's a small console and I say small because uh, in the picture it looks like they have what's essentially like a knockoff uh, DualShock controller. Right. And uh, it, the DualShock's like about half the size of the console. Well, so that's really, like a PS3 DualShock too. That's not even like a new one. Yeah. Um, so the console looks like it's like maybe a fatter CD-ROM drive from back in the day. Um, oh. <laughs> it comes with a stand so you can have it stand upright and uh, power. And that's basically it. That's like the whole thing. Um, There's a USB cable. There is a USB cable. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then they have this adapter that you can buy. Uh, it's called the the Retroed uh, adapter. So you can actually play cartridge games like Sega Genesis and Game Boy games um, and things like that. You can uh, plug in different types of controllers to it and, and things of that nature. It plays DVDs and cool. CDs, which is weird. It can play media from a NAS, which is kind of cool. Um, so it's almost like a mini media station. Uh, plays in 1080p. It's got HDMI and Wi-Fi, uh, Bluetooth. Um, so I mean, it's actually fairly robust considering you know what they're really trying to do here. Um, but uh, but yeah, there is an Indiegogo, and right now it looks like 110 bucks is the entry level. Um, but it does not come with a controller. If you want a controller, that'll cost you 125. Um, and there's a couple other levels too. There's a limited edition. Uh, which is like this kind of transparent green color at 135, um, and kind of you know. That's a little weird. That's weird that they charge you that much for a controller. It's only 15 bucks. Oh, I'm sorry, 15. Okay, I misunderstood you. I when you lumped that, that was the price for the entire system, right? Yeah, it's 125 gets you the system with a controller. With a controller. Or if you want to use your own controllers, you can save 15 dollars and just pay 110 for the system. So. That's pretty cool. So 
I know we don't have very many details on it, but do you think this is something you would get? Um, so it sounds really cool. And if it was in stores, I think I would definitely be interested, but I've been burned by Indiegogo a couple of times, uh, never with video games, uh, more with, uh, movies. I've funded some, some movie projects that, uh, nothing ever came of. Cause for people who don't know, so on Kickstarter, if a goal is not met, then it's not funded. You're never charged your money. Right. But on Indiegogo, they get to keep whatever, um, is, uh, is earned essentially. So right now, uh, they've made over $11,000, but they want 50 and they have about a month left. So if I were to contribute today and they don't reach the 50, they get my money, but they may never make the console cause they didn't reach their goal. Right. That's kind of, um, man, that's backwards. And that doesn't even count as a donation on taxes, does it? No, I mean, the idea is that, that that way they can kind of start the production process earlier on instead of having to wait for the campaign to be over and you're basically sitting stalled for six months or maybe you have to just take it out of your own pocket and get reimbursed. Um, you know, so I, I understand it, but it's more risky and Kickstarter is right. already risky, right? So, well, but they at least refund you. Yeah, that's true. You're you're out. You're you're making a donation to these guys' pockets, and uh, if it doesn't happen, the project, um, <laughs> there's my hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a short timeline. They're estimating March of 2018, and the beta is actually supposed to come by the end of the year, which was this uh, initial tier that was only 12 of. Um, so I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I probably. I'm very weary about stuff like that, so I really don't think it'll happen, to be honest with you. Oh, but, I, I mean, I, I don't know. If they reach their goal, of course, then I do think it'll happen. It seems like a pretty well-thought-out plan. It seems like they've got all their ducks in a row from this perspective. Um, but if they don't reach the goal, then, yeah, you may never see it. Right. That See, that's too much of a risk for me, so yeah, I won't be backing it up. But you so. guys can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, so that's it. That's the CDI or CD. I don't know. It's the S E E D I retro gaming system on Indiegogo now. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Well, I will dive into uh, PlayStation. They uh, Sony had a large conference in Tokyo here on September nineteenth. Um, it was T- TGS twenty seventeen. And basically, a lot of fun news for, for certain P- PlayStation fans. You'll find that Monster Hunter World uh, was given a release date, and that is uh, a really big, I guess, a really big thing for people who are all about the Monster Hunter games. I've personally never played one. Have you? Um, very little. I played them for a little bit. There was an old coworker who was really into those games, and, uh, you know, it's not really my thing. Um but I know it's a popular franchise. Have you seen the trailer for this one? No, I have not. It's actually pretty damn cool. <laughs> so um, I'm interested to see how it goes. It, it, I mean, I'd love to see more gameplay and see what um, what it's really about. I think the premise is pretty straightforward. You're, uh, you can either play as a special monster or you can be a human and you're hunting each other uh, in an open world. So... Um, Monster Hunter is set to release January 26th, excuse me, 26th of 2018. So that's actually a pretty long wait. Um, but I mean, that should be a quiet window. There's not going to be a lot of January releases. Yeah. Well, they're opening up the doors to, um, pre-orders here September 20th. So that was actually yesterday. Oh Um, yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, we, we record on, uh, either Wednesday or Thursday. This week was a Thursday, so... Right, right. Um, probably the biggest news of this event was uh, Left Alive was announced, and that is a Square Enix game that is basically a new survival action shooter. Um, that It looks like it has some horror elements to it. It's supposed to be dark and gritty, and um, it's been produced by the same manager that did the Final Fantasy games. Mm. So it could be really cool. It is futuristic. Um, I recommend checking out the trailer. 
they released a it's all games for the most part no no talks of ps5s which were all rumors um <laughs> sorry to sorry to deflate um no talks of any new pre- playstation pro updates or playstation pro price decreases unfortunately sure um but i'll just get through the list here so they have released new footage on shadow of the colossus and that one is not quite set. They don't have a del- uh, release date for that. They've been talking so, about that one for a while now. I'm wondering why we still don't have any kind of date for it. I have no idea. It's a remake. So I don't think – in my opinion, sometimes – unless they're completely overhauling this game, it makes no sense why it's taking so long. Well, they probably um, are completely remastering it, but uh... – you know. See, remember we talked about this. There's a difference between a remastered game and a um, rebooted or re-overhauled, whatever we talked about. Do you remember that? Um, I mean, yeah. So it's just like with movies, right? You've got remakes, reboots, remasters. They're calling uh, the new It movie a re-adaptation. So yeah, I don't want to like split hairs too much, but this is supposed to be a um, a remake which, of course, also means it's remastered. Um, I guess maybe the differentiation would be that a remastered is almost shot for shot, but done in new graphics, whereas a remake could be a totally new experience. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly how I, I interpret that, is remake is they're completely creating something new within this game. Mm. So. I mean that's how I interpret it, but they just they just basically gave us a trailer with some new visuals. Uh, looks pretty cool, um, but really don't have much information on it. They are remastering <laughs> um, Final Fantasy IX. So there's always a Final Fantasy remaster in the works <laughs> every year. It's one feels of the laws. Like- it's one of the laws of video games is that there has to be a Final Fantasy game remaster being in development at any given time. Right, so. it, and it was it was released back in 2000 um, for the PlayStation 3 and the PSP. <laughs> Come on, guys. What are we doing here? They, they love it. I mean, they, they remake these games, uh, I wouldn't say all the time, but they, they do remaster these games a, a good amount. And Final Fantasy is still chugging along, you know, with 15 last year, 14 is still going strong. You've got the SNES Classic, of course, has Final Fantasy on it. So, you know, these things are never uh, never really going away. People still love the franchise. It, it, I mean, it's a great franchise, and it's gone for so long, but it's just like, God, you're milking it. You're, you're hitting the dead horse here at this point. You guys just keep remaking the game and, and making additional revenue on it, you know? Well, at least they keep updating the graphics, though. Like, they are updating the, it. And what, I think my, the craziest part about this is that it's out now. This game, oh, yeah. This game came it's out in the this PSN. Week. It's literally in the PSN. So that's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of these games they talked about have either future release dates or unknown release dates, and this one's actually it's out there right now. Yeah, you guys can play with the you can play this game with all the all the remodeled um, and. HD cutscenes your heart can desire. Um, <laughs> this one is another Final Fantasy thing. Um, <laughs> in addition to announcing Final Fantasy IX for PlayStation 4, Square, Square Enix has revealed that Noctis will be featured in Dissia Final Fantasy NT. Dissidia. Okay, okay. Dissidia. Dissidia. Dissidia, yeah, Dissidia. And you. that would be, what, 15? He's the protagonist from yeah. the 15th game? Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep this shit straight, okay? <laughs> um, Dragon's Crown at least, like, at, least they, uh, at least they fixed the numbering, and it's not different. You know, Back in the day, American the, the states, North America, got a totally different numbering scheme than Japan did. So well, that's not true anymore. <laughs> that's true. It's like, guys, it's Roman numerals. It's pretty easy because the Romans have been doing it since before <laughs> everything. Well, sure, but like some games don't get released here, and so it's you know an issue of do we continue to count the same or not? Yeah, right. So, well, I I uh, I'll um, 
lose track today, tomorrow, next year. There's too many to keep track of. Um, moving on, Dragon's Crown was confirmed for PS4, and this was something that was le- leaked a little earlier this month. Actually, um, it was revealed one of the uh, one of their conference, I don't know, interviews. And this one's kind of interesting. It's it's definitely an action RPG, and it's supposed to have 4K support. Um, I don't know much more about it other than let's see here. Well, so, I mean, is there an, a North America release date, or is it just Japanese? Reviewed. So it looks like it was released back in 2013, and they, they're they remastering it for PlayStation 4. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, it's pretty interesting looking. It's very, uh, very nostalgic. Um, sure. But, yeah, it, it actually released back in 2013 for PlayStation 3 and Vita, so... I don't know why that's considered news. In my head, it's not really news. It's Um, a 4K remaster, and with the PS4 Pro, they want to hit that stuff kind of hard. Sony wants to sell 4K TVs. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Everything's coming back in 4K. A lot of these remasters are being 4K. Um, So other than that, Japan Studio is doing a VR music festival as well, um, which was actually supposed to be like a... I don't know, Burning Man meets Gravity Rush meets <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff. So that's pretty cool. But other than that, uh, Stoney didn't really – there wasn't really anything that great in this press conference that really draws my attention considering I'm not even really a big fan of Shadow of the Colossus, Monster Hunter. Now, I will say Live Left Alive is interesting to me only because it's more of a horror-type game. Sure, that's that's your wheelhouse. So, right. But other than that, I, I think Monster World looks cool. Um, Fair enough. But you mean yeah. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Good stuff. Yeah, that's Good stuff. I mean, that's that's Sony for you. They just they're keeping it close to the chest. Like I was, everyone. So there was a lot. If you've been following gaming news. Everyone was pretty certain, oh, yeah, we're going to hear PS5 news or some kind of portable device to combat the Switch uh, at this particular conference, and um, no, nothing. Yeah. Nah, I, I'm not super surprised about that. You know, Sony Sony has their plan. It's a different plan than Nintendo's. Uh, it's similar to Microsoft's, but I am not surprised. So, um, all right, well, let's then move on to Player Unknown's Battleground, or PUBG, as the kids are calling it. Uh, this is an interesting game. It's actually still in uh, what's called Early Access on Steam, right? which means it's officially not released. It's really just a fancy way for saying it's a beta that you have to pay for. Um, and so... Um, yeah, yeah, but the thing, the benefit to that is... When you purchase the beta, you purchase at a uh, deeply discounted rate, and you get to keep the game after when it ac- when it actually releases and actually play the game. So that's true. Like uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine on Steam right now. If you guys wanted to pick that up, um, you'd be saving yourself you know fifty percent because that's going to be a fifty nine dollar title. Probably yeah. Um, so all right, so let's talk about it a little bit. What what has you so interested in PUBG? So um, <laughs> it, it's actually kind of a bittersweet type thing. So we, we Xbox, when they were releasing their um, Xbox X, you know, the Xbox One X or whatever you want to call it, um, they were really, really excited to say that they're getting um, Player Unknown or PUBG. And um, it looks really cool. It's, it's an open world every man for himself type game and i think that's really cool to a certain to a certain degree and um if you actually go and read the comments for this game it's not playing as well as you would think so because it's early access there are a lot of people who have streaming um streaming i guess they're streaming the game and it promotes the game so sure, yeah. the developers allow them to do that so when they get killed while during a stream, they get pissed off and they complain to the developers directly. And the developers listen to them because they're giving them revenue. 
So a lot of people have been getting banned for just about any reason, literally any reason. Um, and they're actually calling these people stream campers. And these are people who um, – uh, the real definition of a stream camper is someone who can tell that they – that basically can tell by the, the gamer tag that they're a streamer. So they will stalk them throughout the game and try to kill them and assassinate their stream. That's funny. That's bullshit because that's completely against the game. The game is a man for – you know what I mean? It's well, man, it, every man for themselves. <laughs> here's, here's my question. How do um, How does somebody's handle – their Steam name give away the fact that they're a streamer. Uh, I don't know that. That's see. That's the thing is how open is this? Are they looking it up? I don't really know how they're figuring that out, or maybe the way they behave. I have no idea. All I know is that people, and I'm, I'm telling you, people word for word have just been completely pissed off that they get banned for literally any reason. So I mean, if you're camping, which I feel like in a survival type game in an open world, camping is probably a good idea. Probably don't want to move around a lot, right? Probably want to stay and wait for your prey. Well, yeah, but I mean, the whole point of the game though is that you're you're drawing people together, and it's a last man standing kind of thing. It's not really designed to be a long term survival game. Each round is only supposed to take a maximum of half an hour. But. I, I feel like I have a different playing style. I'm not saying I, I – okay, you know what? I'm going to put that shit out there. I'm a fucking camper, and you know why? Because it's smart, <laughs> okay? I'm waiting for my prey to walk into my crosshair. Yeah, so I mean, this is not a game like Halo or Gears of War. This game is specifically designed for 100 people to jump in and for one person to be left standing after a half an hour. So if everybody's hiding out in you know the houses or the brush or something like that, just waiting for the right shot, this game is going to take forever. You, but but I think I disagree with you in that only because the the goal you're going to let people pick themselves off, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to jump in when, when the game is, you know, it's down to 12 people. But what if everybody played the way you did? Then we would, it would be a little, it'd be, a, you're definitely right, it'd be a little boring. <laughs> well, that's the problem, right? For, for some people. They don't want it to be boring. They want it to be exciting and fast-paced. They don't even really want their matches to take a half an hour. That's why they keep shrinking the playing area and pushing everybody closer together. So, like, if you're reading the rule, if you're reading the reviews, um, I'll read one. I won't say a name, but I love this game. It's really fun and amazing. He still, he still not recommended the game, even though his first sentence is, "I love this game." It's really fun and amazing experience with play to play with friends. However, there are two things that are hidden um, in the back of this game: streamers and developers. And then he breaks it down <laughs> of why streamers are a problem. Um, and why the developers enable them. And and that's kind of the story of almost every negative review on here. And I'm just going to read through them here. Banned well, for camping half the game. Yeah, but that, um, that's the point though, right? Like, So first off, streaming is an interesting concept because in a game like, I don't know, Persona 5 or Halo 5 for, for something similar there uh, – you have a story, there's a campaign, and they don't really want that ruined. They don't want you to be able to watch the campaign because then you might not want to pay for the game. But player, but PUBG here is no story. It's the same kind of thing every time, and everybody knows that. So, oh, Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I figured out how they're doing it. Sorry. Okay. Well, so stream, streaming, is just, streaming is just free advertising for, uh, for Blue Hole Studio. That's what this is. And so they, they right. want to promote the streamers because the streamers are getting the name out there. And PUBG, I mean, they've, they're pushing records and boundaries and becoming the most popular game on Steam at any given time. And it's not even out yet, like officially. So right. they, they love this and they want it to be fast paced. They want it to be interesting. If everybody just camps, that makes for boring streams and boring games. So you're on the side of the developer. I am on the side of the developer because what they're doing fits in with the tone of the game that they've made. I feel like it's consistent. This is a game that's supposed to be fast-paced. It's supposed to be action-packed. That's the whole I the whole idea of the game. A lot of these people, that one guy said I got for 
the one I began to read is I got banned for camping, and his story to, to back this up was um, I was in a solo squad, and I had been in my house for literally five minutes, and some high-profile streamer came through, and I shot him and reported me. Um, so, okay. so here's how they're – I, I, I just want to clarify this real quick. This is how they're stream camping apparently. Uh, somebody breaks it down. Okay. So you are watching their live stream uh, and you are seeing yourself in their stream and you know that's them. Okay, so it's just screen watching is essentially what it is. I mean, people have, been, people have been doing <laughs> yeah. that for a long time. You know exactly where they are on the map, so you go over there sure. is, is what they're doing. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's not new to video games. I mean, there's been screen watchers back in the days of, you know, Goldeneye and all that stuff. So, um, but the, so, so the, this guy's review is good. The, hang on a second. The, the, the banning thing, though, we don't know why they banned him. They just know he was reported. So has he been reported before? Was he reported for a particular reason that wasn't camping? Right? Like, we don't actually know the details because the, they didn't just ban him for being idle. They banned him because he was reported. I, I mean, I, I assume, but here's another one. I got banned for stream sniping, and I wasn't even watching a stream. <laughs> it's the next comment underneath. That's uh, the next review. Um, so they might have an issue with banning. They might have to ease the, the ban hammer back a little bit. That's where I'm getting at. I think if you want the game to be enjoyable and playable, and um, everybody has a different style of play, y you should probably ease up on who's... Um, you know, like you said, who to ban and why. So Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with if somebody has not left a particular circle radius in X amount of time that they get booted out or something like that. Because uh, if you're really just standing around waiting for people to die, that's not what the game is for. Um, but outside of that, yeah, if streamers are just getting pissy, that's a different problem. Yeah, that's what a lot of people, and I know this is coming from their perspective, but yeah, they're saying, you know, that they're getting banned and they're not even watching a stream, but, you know, later on find out that it's them, mm -hmm. that they were on that stream. Uh, this one's actually a pretty good, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a negative review, but it it's actually breaks down some pretty valid points. Um, he was talking about the optimization of the game is extremely poor um, and that they put in they talk about all these updates, but it, he doesn't see – he said he doesn't really see the updates really making any difference during gameplay. Um, and then he breaks down his specs. He's got the GTX 1060. He's got a quad-core i7, basically the same stuff that I have, uh, 12 gigabytes of RAM. And he says his frame rate is dropping, and he says that the game – yeah, I mean, there could be any number of reasons, right? Like, I, I don't play it enough to really know if it's being improved upon on a regular basis. I imagine it is because they're putting out patches all the time. Uh, there could yeah. be latency issues because of his network. It could be any number of, of things. It could be the game. It could be it could be him. Who knows? Um, but I think overall, it's been a very positively received game. That's why it's broken records, and there have been more people playing this game than anything else. And Destiny 2 is sitting out there right now, and PUBG is still, you know, just destroying everybody. Well, um, I will be playing the game. I will be picking up the game here soon and uh, giving you a real review, because these reviews don't scare me. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a cool concept. Um, I'm I particularly am more into the foraging, and I like to build a team and I like to fortify. So uh, I don't think this is for you then, man, because you can't build the team. Well, I mean, you would create a you'd hope hope to make every gamer hopes to make a squad that they re meet regularly and play on. Yeah, but the, um, the, I mean, this game doesn't allow a group of people to be like a team. There are other game modes within I, the game. Okay. Yeah. You. So you. Yeah. Okay. So you can do. There are team. There are team death matches in here as well. Yeah. Um, there is not like the main way to play. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that that's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's very interesting, and um, I will be telling you, the audience, the listeners, uh, my opinion on this when I get a chance to get my filthy fingers over it. Um, <laughs> All right, man. So yeah. Good. Okay. So uh, the last kind of big topic for us here is a new game from Image Inform Games, which is a Swedish company, uh, called SteamWorld Dig 2. And we, uh, we've been playing that. It released um, very recently on, uh, on Switch. It actually released on the 21st today, the day we're recording, on Switch. And it releases tomorrow, the day the episode comes out, on PC uh, right. through Steam. And then uh, PS4 and Vita get it next week on September 26th, which I assume Xbox will get it at some point. Uh, for just a little bit of history... Uh, Image and Form has been around for a little while. Uh, they have four games in the Steam World franchise: uh, Steam Tower Defense, which was their first game in 2010; Steam World Dig, the first one in 2013; Steam World Heist, which was a turn-based strategy game in 2015, and now the the sequel to Dig. I played Heist, and you know what? I actually didn't like Heist that much. Really? I thought it was interesting, but I I guess I just don't care for turn-based. Okay, okay. Well, that's fair. Um, we, uh, we have reviews of both SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Heist out at HeroesPodcast.com if you want to go see what we thought of both of those games. Uh, but we actually got an early chance to play SteamWorld Dig 2, and next week we will have their CEO on the show to, uh, to talk about the game. I'm really excited. Exciting. Very, oh, that's excited. super cool. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge fan of these guys. I have been for uh, a long time, basically since SteamWorld Dig uh, came out. Uh, I've been a really big, big fan. So let's uh, let's dive in and, and talk about this. Um, so you get to play as uh, Dorothy, or Dot. Uh, she is the main protagonist uh, in the game. And you are searching for uh, Rusty, who is the main SteamBot character in the first game. And, uh, John, you, uh, you actually, I think, have played it more than I have at this point. I've played it for maybe an hour on Switch, and you've been playing it on Steam. What do you think? Guys, I, dude, I've never played, um, other than Heist, and I, like I said, I would, like I told you, I really wasn't that impressed by Heist. I, I mean, I thought it was cool, but it wasn't my kind of game. This game is phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed this game. The graphics are beautiful. The soundtrack is so cool, um, especially when you're in the caves and the mines. It's so it, the beat is just so <laughs> I don't know. It just feel like I'm exploring, um, and it's it's the type of game. It's a platformer, of course, but it's the type of game where it rewards exploration and it rewards the player for. Um, you know, taking a different route, or if you want to spend all your time mining, by all means, go mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those games where it's kind of it kind of gives you the best mixture of everything, and and doesn't it doesn't give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and overpowers on some of those. So I I actually really really liked it. It's very good. Yeah, so the first one I said is one of my favorite games. I, I really fell in love with it on the 3DS. Uh, I played it on Steam, but I felt that the, t- the dual screen of the 3DS really complemented the first one really, really well. Uh, yeah, basically, I could see that. Well, because the, the touch screen at the bottom was ba- basically your inventory and the map. Right, uh, yeah. It's so, really cool. so it would be so helpful to have that. Um, playing it on the PC is great, and it looks beautiful, but yeah, I could totally see that being helpful. But on Switch, uh, I've been playing it on in TV mode. I have I have not played it in handheld yet, uh, but I plan to, to check that out. The game is beautiful. the 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 colors are more vivid and brighter. Yeah. The detail is sharper, and what I really appreciate about it is the depth. Um, the first game felt at, at times could feel a little bit flat, uh, which since it's a kind of a uh, a vertical digging mining game, uh, that's fine, right? It was never really an issue. But this one, there's so many layers to the animations that the world kind of keeps going back and back to the horizon. And you can see the layers all moving at different speeds when you go, you know, left to right. True. Um, 
I just thought was really beautiful. And uh, that's it was just strikingly so that the ca- the characters were all more vibrant. The uh, the colors were were better. And uh, me being uh, partly colorblind, the more stark the colors are, the more vivid they are, the easier it is for me to see them. And so I really love the way the second game here looks. I I second that so much. Like you nailed it, man. That it, the colors are just so great. Like I actually made it to a cave, which I would describe that looks very similar to Pandora from <laughs> from the uh, Avatar movies. It's got the glowing glowing mushroom tentacle things and uh, <laughs> all these blue lights and water and green in the background. Really cool and. Uh, Oh man, it just it just looks so good. Like I can't. The game yeah. just looks great. It really does. The characters are all really fun, and you know most of them have their names are kind of puns in a way because this is a steampunk game. Uh, the characters are not robots; they're steambots, and so you know Dorothy. No, you call her Dot. Of course, like dot dot. Ma- dot Matrix or something. And the protagonist from the first game is Rusty, uh, the old Steambot, you know. And uh, I-, I love how everything is – they've got these puns, but they're not, you know, too over the top. I, I love a good pun, though. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got um, – you know, in the, in the new game, they, they call them Cowbots, which are the Western Steambots instead of Cowboys, of course, right? Um, and th- there's yeah. new enemies, new new bosses – um, new gameplay features and abilities. One, there's one in particular that I really want to touch on, and I'm curious to see what uh, what they have to say next week about why they made this change. But in the first game, when you get your uh, your arm cannon that is water powered, in the first game, if you fill it up using a pool of water, that water level actually goes down, and you can use up all the water. Ooh. And so, in the first game, it's a bit of strategy to decide. How much water do I need? What do I want to shoot? And kind of be selective. But in this one, the water levels do not decrease. You can keep refilling as many times as you want, uh, which right. I, I noticed like really quick off the bat. I was like, whoa, the water didn't go anywhere. Let me try this again. And I, wait, <laughs> I wasted some ammo and did it again. And I, it just kind of caught me off guard because it was a real – it was challenging at times to actually keep the ammo up in the later parts of the game where things got tough. Um so that was kind of interesting. Uh, how so? How far have you gotten? How, how far do you say? I want to say I'm at like the second cave, maybe third. Um, I've fought in two bosses already. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first one, you probably fought him. He's a uh, <laughs> he looks like magnetite, and he shoots like blue lights <laughs> out of him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's the cult leader, right? So right. Yeah. Right. That was a fun one. I, I enjoyed that because uh, there's always a sense of humor in these games that I really appreciate. Um, I, I, I got a, a little bit past I, – I got my arm cannon, as I said, and I'm just a little bit past that. I haven't gotten very far. Um, I plan to play it very heavily. I'm hoping to beat the main story um, before the interview Monday morning. So, You, you know, I uh, – well, that would be great. I would love to beat it as well. Um I spent more time in the in the mines, <laughs> uh, and you said. Speaking of exploration and, and mining, you said you spent more time upper level, not in the mines. Well, I uh, so yeah, I love to explore, um, and it's part of what I loved about Breath of the Wild so much. And this game, of course, is not as open world and free, but uh, I realized that if you kept going to the right, um, there was just more and more land, and so I kept going and. Uh, kind of exploring out there, and I'm not going to give any anything away, but uh, you know, there's just there's so much to this world. Don't overlook anything. There's there's secrets. There's stuff. There's you know, of course, the gems and different materials that you can sell to get upgrades and right. uh, different you know creatures and monsters and bad guys that uh, do different things. And there's just a lot of fun in this game. I think that's the real key. And uh, it was announced actually earlier uh, today that, uh, and this is something that they really wanted people to know, if you can complete the game at 100%, which I don't think I've ever done that outside of like a Super Mario game, um, but if you can do it, there is post-game content that gets unlocked. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
So that makes me really want to figure out how to get 100% on this thing. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're giving you every incentive. Right, yeah. So we'll have to see. I don't know. I, I've, I, I don't remember what percentage I got on the first one. I'll have to look that up. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I I really – I think, it, guys, if you haven't picked up the game, um, do you know what it's going to sell for? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, – like I said, it's available on Switch now uh, and PC by the time this episode premieres and then PS4 and Vita next week. Uh, for USD, it will be $19.99. Um, and uh, so you know, it will vary a little bit depending on what country you're in, but $19.99 USD is the main price for that uh, across all the platforms. And man, it's just, it's beautiful on Switch. And so I can only imagine it's, it's equally so on the other platforms. Oh, it looks great on my PC. Um, yeah, one thing I, I had a question about, do you, was it confirmed that it's running at 60 frames per second? Yeah. Because you know, I, I hardly I noticed any. I, I don't know. Uh, games like this, I never really pay that much attention to the frame rate. Um, because it's not like super fast paced or anything like that, but you know, maybe that'll come up in the conversations uh, next week and we'll get some details on that. Oh, it's yeah, it's, I'm sure they're sick of hearing that word (laughs) or that FPS like that. It's just, everyone talks about that now. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, even a game, basically what I was going to get at was even a game as simple as, um, what appears to be simple, which is still, again, the, the graphics are just beautiful, um, can achieve that. So Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the frame rate is as long as it looks good. And so, you know, if this game looks like it's 60 frames per second, but it's not, it's 30, then it looks good. So that's that. Um, it looks great. You know, this is not yeah, a, be- uh, a racing game or a, you know, a game like Destiny or something like that. This, this is a, a beautiful game that is a little more slow-paced, it's more about discovery and exploration, and I'm not. I'm not sure it would need to be a 60 frame game. Yeah, which is why I was curious. Um, you know, if they took time to develop it with 60 frames per second, wow, even more power to them. But it just looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on in this game? Um, I guess for you know, for anybody who doesn't really know what the universe is like. Um, Basically, the whole thing takes place on Earth in the future, right? And so we're long gone, so to speak, and the Steambots have kind of taken over. So it's kind of a fun premise. Um, SteamWorld Heist, which uh, was the game released before this one, takes place farther in the future, actually, um, following a a different set of characters uh, from the SteamWorld Dig games. So that's just kind of something to be aware of. I think think they nailed the... uh the steampunk vibe very well. Uh, a lot of the the upgrades and the, like you said, the, the bosses you're fighting are, they're very, um, I don't know how to say it. They look like old tankers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like they look steam, they look like very steampunky, yeah. which um, is really cool because it gives it a, a unique flavor and style. Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed it. Overall, I just think it's a really great game, and um, I, I would have never picked up a game like this um, based on my experience with heists because I don't. I, I guess I just don't like turn-based. I, I guess that's what it is. But this one's just so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, turn-based isn't for everybody. Uh, when it comes to like turn-based RPGs, it's hit or miss with me, but I loved heist. Um, but I think it's because I, I really love what Image and Form puts together. I love their style and their tone. And so I just, I love that universe that they've built and I wanted to kind of learn more about it. You know, one thing that also is heist had more of that pixel art and this is more, um, drawing, uh, graphic CG, you know? Yeah. I mean, part of that is cause you know, heist of course had to be able to run on a 3ds, whereas this is really only yeah. running on HD, full HD consoles. Um, and so they could, yeah. They could push those limits a little bit, and it's been a couple of years too. You know, it was two years ago that SteamWorld Heist came out. So, um, but uh, but yeah, we'll have more on that next week. We're going to dive into the details with uh, with their CEO of Image Inform Games. So I, I look forward to that. 
Uh, John, have you been playing any other games in the meantime? I have been trying to complete the games I currently have, so I'm pretty close to finishing Injustice 2. Um, I said I made that a mission to have that completed uh, by the end of October is my goal. Um, so Injustice 2, um, I've been playing some of the classic games I have on my PC, and I will be picking up P- uh, PUBG or oh, whatever yeah, you PUBG, want to call man, it. PUBG. Pub, PUBG this weekend or, or sometime next week and uh, see what that's all about. Nice. Uh, for me, I, uh, I've actually been playing a lot of different games. Um, I picked up Metroid Samus Returns, which is essentially a, a remake of the original Metroid 2 on Game Boy. Um, really beautiful. They've actually pushed the limits of what I thought you could do with the DS graphics. Um, I have a 3DS XL, and this is the by far the most beautiful game I've played on the DS. So, really? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Even better than Smash Bros. Yeah, Smash Bros. looks pixelated compared to Metroid Samus Returns. Wow. So uh, that was really cool to show, you know, to see that they're continuing to push the limits of this hardware because, you know, I, it's not brand new. It's not the 2DS XL. It's, they haven't upgrade, updated the graphics in a long time. So um, I was impressed by that. And then... How's the story? Oh, it's a good game, right? It's it's a sequel to the the original Metroid, and uh, you know, your your Samus is sent back to the Metroid home world to defeat the Metroid population. Essentially, uh, there's some repetitiveness to the game because you still like you start off with none of your real abilities, right? So you have to get like the ability to turn into the ball and the abil- the ability to drop the little bombs and. Uh, since I haven't played a Metroid game in quite some time, that's fine. But, you know, if you just uh, just played Super Metroid or something like that, it's going to be a little repetitive. Um, but it's a really cool-looking game. It looks great. It plays really well. And so it's been positive for me since it's been years since I've actually played uh, a Metroid game like this. Um, the other game I've been playing is I downloaded the demo of Project Octopath Traveler for Switch, which is a, another Square Enix title. Um, it was announced during the Nintendo Direct that we uh, covered last week on episode 32. Um, and uh, it's a two-dimensional HD RPG. They call it uh, HD 2D, and it's because the characters are two-dimensional. Right. But the space that you're on is three-dimensional. So you have these two-dimensional sprites basically moving in a 3D space, which looks really cool. The graphics are really interesting. Um, the detail is not as sharp as I would normally expect from Square Enix, um, but it's cool. There's eight characters. Only two are available during the beta, but they're all very different characters. Uh, I've only played it for about a half an hour or so, getting through the intro and, and all that, but... Uh, it's a free demo. It's on Switch, so you can go check that out. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to finish the demo out here, and they have a survey that they send you when you download the beta, so I'll, I'll fill that out for them. And that's it. That's 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 what I've been playing, man. Hey, that's very co- current, up-to-date stuff. That's brand-new stuff that's just released, so that's really cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're able to get the time to do it. I've been trying, <laughs> dude. Uh, the, the, the girlfriend, she's uh, working on a lot of cosplay stuff right now for some upcoming conventions. So uh, when she does that, it's a good time for me to to game, you know. I, I'm as you guys, as the viewers or listeners know, I've I've moved into my new home, and I, I think I'm getting to a place where I can have free time, but uh, not too much because I still got a lot of housework to do. <laughs> but some, hey, some. Hey, man, now that you own a house, it never ends. Don't tell me Dude, that. I just my AC unit went out, and I know it's like it's September, right? But it was ninety four degrees today. So. It was. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's supposed to be hot this weekend too. Here, guys, we're in Kansas City, and uh, the weather is unpredictable. Yeah. So yeah, we're looking at what for the week? I guess ninety this weekend is. Isn't that what we're looking I, at? Ninety. I, I didn't week? even look at the weekend, but it's been ninety most of the week. You know, so. Friday, sunny and 90. Jeez. Saturday, sunny and 89. <laughs> Sunday is <laughs> sunny and 87. Uh, okay, so Tuesday we did back in the 70. Okay. 72. I'll take what I so. can get, I guess. 
But uh, but yeah, man, house ownership it's uh, it's kind of you know double edged sword sometimes. So yeah, I've already gotten my fill. So (laughs) (laughs) I've already experienced some of that. Um, Thankfully, it's pretty manageable. Fair enough. So figuring it out. Cool. Well, then I think we'll probably wrap this up. Next week, we have the interview with the CEO of Image Inform Games to talk more about SteamWorld Dig 2. Um, We'll also talk about plenty of other stuff, uh, depending on what comes up in the news and things like that. So please tune in there. Don't forget to check us out at heroespodcast.com and at heroespodcast on all the social medias. And, uh, you know, we had kind of a special project that we kicked off on Patreon. Yes, we did. Super, super (laughs) excited. Last weekend, we filmed our first monthly uh, movie scene. We were doing a monthly uh, iconic movie scene that we do on a budget. Uh, This one costs us less than 30 bucks, I think. And um, it is uh, the the only hint you get is it is from a Quentin Tarantino film. And uh, if you want early access to that or behind-the-scenes content, go to patreon.com slash heroespodcast and become a patron for as little as a dollar. So there you go. Guys, you're, you're, you're going to love this video. It's, uh, it's starring yours truly, <laughs> and Derek is very confused and very scared in this video, so it's going to be very good. I also directed so. it, so... Uh, <laughs> No, no, we don't get, directors don't get credit. That hurts, that hurts. (laughs) No, no, um, it's going to be great, and I I think you're going to enjoy it as viewers, and it's going to be silly, it's going to be fun, it's going to be emotional, it's going to be sad, it's going to be angry, you're going to feel all these emotions here. (laughs) And we've got some fun ideas for future ones, every month we're going to do something different, we're going to do something special for Halloween, we're looking at doing just some really great stuff, great stuff, so... Uh, check it out. You can see the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, there are some public posts that give you some information, too. And uh, you get early access if you're a patron. So patreon.com slash heroespodcast. Don't forget to go on iTunes and drop us a review. John, why should they do that? Guys, you need to do this because, one, you could get a free game Okay, that could be PUBG <laughs> if you want to go ahead and you want to go and, and give your own rating and get stream banded, whatever. PUBG could be that. It could be SteamWorld Dig 2. It could be any game. But, guys, we're giving away a video game as soon as we hit 10 reviews. 10 reviews. I want you right now go on to YouTube or iTunes and leave us a review right now. Well, just Even if just it says, on iTunes because we're not on YouTube. So. <laughs> YouTube is coming, so get your fingers ready. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all, but yeah, go, go to iTunes. We're giving away free games. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you can't find us, just go to heroespodcast.com and there's a giant iTunes button for Gamer Heroes. Uh, just click on that; it'll take you right to the page. So when we get to ten, we're randomly going to draw one of you guys to get a free game, console or PC, uh, up to fifty nine ninety nine USD before tax could be whatever you want as long as it's for sale but that's going to be it for us guys tune in next week for our cool interview we'll catch you next time be square Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.